0: Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, if you were ever interested in investing in real estate, this is the episode that you need to listen to. My friend Ryan is going to drop some serious knowledge bombs. Not only is he a combat veteran, he's a vetrepreneur. And he's also, if I have any questions about real estate investing, he's the guy that I go to, he's changing the game of real estate investing. So Ryan, brother, welcome to the show. Thank
1: you for having me, Richard. I really appreciate it. You're such a great influence to so many other veterans and all of your listeners. So thank you for inviting me here today.
0: Oh, it's it's my honor. So before I forget, because um, I have traumatic brain injury, if I don't ask the question, I forget. What is your definition of resiliency?
1: So resiliency, I, I look at resiliency. As a bouncy ball so right you're up here you're killing it you're doing amazing in life and then the ball drops now it's your ability to bounce back up that's the way that i look at resiliency all right i love
0: it so uh, you know give us a quick down and dirty you know where'd you come from where'd you grow up and tell us a little bit about your military service
1: yeah i come from o'fallon missouri that's wherever that's where i grew up and I love the Army, right? I was a little bit of a disgruntled kid and uh, joined United States Army Infantry, Air Assault 112th Cavalry Regiment out of Fort Hood, Texas. I mean, I did great. I made E-5 in three years. I was first time go Air assault. did a year in combat. Like what a great experience in four and a half years. Like, I couldn't have had a, a better run <laughs> in that short of a contract. So that changed my life. I just knew I was tired of checking my bank account. And and our time. Right. You know how much time is taken away from us in the military. But I'm very thankful for it, folks. And it did change my life. So that's my background. Grew up in O'Fallon, Missouri, joined the United States Army infantry, served four and a half years. And then moving forward, we can go from there. Do you All want right, to
0: so, uh, so tell me a little bit about, you know, let, let's hop back in the wayback machine. Did you always want to join the military and what made you join the, the branch that you did?
1: Okay. So I didn't, I never considered the military prior to it coming into my mind. I just knew that. So my dad was told by Chrysler, Hey, you have to move to Indiana and finish out your career, or you're going to have to take $300,000 in a brand new truck. He only had like three years to retirement. So did he make the right choice? Yes. I just knew I wasn't moving to Indiana. I mean, what a boring state, (laughs) but anyways, I was like, i got to do something big with my life right now. I'm going to join the military. I first went into the Marines. Oh, you got an assault on your record. Sorry, I can't take you. Then I went into the Navy. They were like, go to the Army. <clears throat> <clears throat> and uh, the Army made some things happen for me. Um, and the only job that I wanted was to fight. It's just, I don't know, it's just who I am, right? So for, for the Marines, it would obviously be... Uh, you know, maybe I'd look at Marine Recon, the Navy, whenever I went in there. I first went in there, brother. I was like, I want to be a SEAL. <laughs> and then I went into the Army, and uh, I was like, look, I'm going to be an infantryman. They, I want to fight. So they told me what that was, um, and that's the route that I took. And All right, I, so you,
0: obviously, you became, what, 11 Bravo, right? Correct, yeah. Did, did you go to Benning?
1: Yeah, buddy.
0: I love Benning. All right, so now... Did you said you took to the military r- really quick, but you did four years, which I, I never say only because anybody that even did a day raising their hand, they're heroes in my book. But so you do your four years. Were you planning to get out? And how far before you got out, did you start planning?
1: Um So whenever I came back from Iraq in 2011, end of 2011, you couldn't tell soldiers to even do push-ups anymore. So being in the infantry, that is just a super red flag that things are going south, right? Every smoke session that I had to go through, I deserved. So I just knew that the Army was going to become something different. And uh, lo and behold, I did make a great decision to get out. Um, My decision was um, based off of, they told me after a school that I was going to, Ranger school, after I come back from that, I would have to owe my unit another year. And for all of you soldiers, you know that whenever you're at Fort Hood, it's like a black hole. So my only conditions were, hey, I have to go to a different duty station. They called me in last minute. Hey, Sergeant Dodge, we're able to make everything work, except you're going to have to come back and owe your unit another year. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I got to get out. I had fun here. I loved it. But it was time to move on to something else. I was only 24, 23.
0: All right. So now let's talk about that a little bit. Because obviously, you know, you've been overseas. Uh, we don't talk about stuff like that because that stuff. Uh, but, you know, like, like Sergeant Nick from our group, um, guys, if you and the guys if you guys don't know the Veteran Entrepreneur vet, Tribe, you guys need to join the tribe. If you're a veteran entrepreneur, you need to join the tribe. Uh, but Sergeant Nick that we all know from our, our group, you know, he says that once you step off base, the military doesn't give a shit about you. Your phone stops ringing. You don't have the camaraderie and you don't have a mission. And a lot of us struggle with their transitioning. So what was your transitioning like?
1: It was horrible. I went from leading the small amount of troops that I was leading to leading my couch and completely lost my sense of purpose. It was bad. I did not expect it at all whatsoever. So I started leading my couch and video games. It was the worst time in my life. Essentially, whenever I got out for that first, oh, I'm going to say probably eight months, it was bad for me.
0: Okay. So, well, before we even get, because I want to dig a little bit deeper, before, I, um, before we go any further, I want to thank our sponsors. As you can see down below, the Warrior Council is sponsoring today's show. Thank you, Marshall Taring. Um, Guys, if you're a business owner, you need to be in the Warrior Council because I agree. It, it's the best group going. And it's the best mastermind I know because veterans, we all, a lot of us, we all think alike. And we all know how to help each other and get each other motivated. So definitely check out the Warrior Council on Facebook. On, join the Veteran, the Vet-Penor Tribe. Also, uh, if you guys are worried about keeping your computers, your phones bug-free and virus-free, definitely check out Daniel Curry at uh, Indy's IT department. He keeps all of our computers everything running. He also hosts our podcast. So if you want anything hosted, he'll also do that for you, especially if you're a veteran. So check out Indy's IT department with Daniel Curry.
1: So now, you know, talk to us because... Can I make a comment, brother? Yeah. Yeah. Can can I make a comment on the Warrior Council? Yes, sir. So you guys, the beauty of the Warrior... Yeah, the beauty of the Warrior Council is that it could be just one sentence whenever you're masterminding with us. That changes everything for you. That, that's the beauty of masterminds. whenever you're masterminding with your battle buddies and you're really getting vulnerable and you're really just putting it out there, it'd be one sentence that comes out of somebody else's mouth that changes everything for you and your business.
0: I love it. And I've gotten so I mean, I'm taking pages of notes every time we have our meetings on Thursdays. So, guys, I love the Warrior Council. I've been in the Vet Tribe almost from the beginning. And if you guys are a veteran, you definitely need to and, and want to be an entrepreneur, definitely join the Vet Tribe because Marshall is doing some amazing things in the Vet Tribe. So now, you know, there's a difference between being in a ditch, you know, and getting out of that ditch. So how did you go about getting your ass up off the couch, putting the the, the video game away? And how did you start? Reimagining and reinventing your life.
1: So uh, the, my story goes on with college, and that was worthless to me. And, and, and I just found out that I was interested in real estate investing because Texas is a very private state with our land, and I wanted a place to hunt. I met my wife down here, so I'm stuck down here. And then so as I was dreaming right? I didn't have the money to buy it. I was dreaming, just looking through Craigslist. I got all my certifications to be a licensed real estate agent, because I'm like, oh, I like real estate. And then after eight weeks, I'm like, wait a minute, I would just be representing buyers and sellers. That doesn't make me the boss. And so I'm like, I got to be that guy that owns properties, that like profits off the properties. I didn't even know what a real estate investor was, brother. But I went back that night to Austin, Texas, where this attorney this slimy attorney, was pitching a four-day boot camp for $8,000. I'm sitting there like, we can take notes, right, brother? We can take notes fast, but not that fast. Come on now. Four days, eight grand. No freaking way. And so I was butthurt about real estate investing education. It's a cutthroat industry. I'm like, how am I going to do this? There's so much fake it to make it. I found this ad about this group that I'm with now, and uh, I, I got my sense of purpose back within the first year. You know, I still lead troops now. It's just on a different battlefield. We're killing the designed ignorance in America. And what makes me happy is whenever I get a thank you. Whenever people like this girl Veronica Cuevas on my team picks up seven short-term rentals within her first year, experiencing $14,000 months. that is my why now. That's what makes me so happy is whenever I get to serve individuals like her. She's a stay-at-home mom, two kids under three, military spouse. I just chase the thank you. And that's the same thing, Richard, with distressed sellers, right? I just chase the thank you. There's so many times where I help a distressed seller in real estate and they're like, Ryan, how much do I owe you? I'm like, nothing. You know, just whenever somebody else has a problem, put my name in the hat. And so that's, it just fulfills my sense of purpose and my why. And you build generational wealth along the way, but you do have to be careful in your decisions of how you're going to get started. Because a brain surgeon does not go do brain surgery after watching YouTube. Okay.
0: All right. So then, you know, one of my first guests ever, they actually wrote the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because that was the first book I ever bought in, for business. And I i mean, I've got all the purple books. But the best thing I learned from that those books were your house is not a asset. Your house is a bank's asset, and even after you pay it off, your house is still not an asset until you make it an asset. So, you know, please talk to us a little bit about some of the misconceptions about real estate and owning your own home, and you know why people should be interested in buying two-family, four-family duplexes, and also you know buildings, because we all know that right now the economy is going to shit more people are renting than ever so it would only make more sense to buy rental properties right
1: right so home is an asset just so you guys know me and richard have brain problems i took three and a half years ago i had two seizures and a stroke and brain cancer and they pulled out a tennis size tumor so i'm going back to your first question richard just so i don't forget it your home is an asset i've never been asked this ever and i love it okay So this is my first time answering this. I always thought it was weird whenever other people said that. But think about this. All right, so this home right here, uh, real estate has gotten me into a lake house in Marble Falls, Texas that's paid for free and clear. Now, how could you look at this as an asset? Appreciation, right? Um, The biggest hit that real estate's ever taken back in 2008, 2009 was 15% decrease in overall value. Now, if you look at the stock market, what's the largest hit the stock market's ever taken? So it's safe to say that real estate definitely appreciates. And every once in a while, there's a hiccup along the way. Not like stocks, though. So if you're building appreciation in your home. What is the definition of an asset? That's something that makes you money, right? Pretty sure. Yeah. So is your equity, right? That's money. And you can pull that equity out through a tool such as a HELOC. Uh, not a home equity loan, a home equity line of credit, and then use that home equity line of credit to maybe get into the next rental property in the next rental property and to get on to your next question as far. So as far as the asset thing, I mean, there's a few different ways to look at it. Um, I think that that's a great question, but it's just uh, what lens do you view that through? What, what lens do you view that through is, is the answer to that question okay but rental properties did that was that did that suffice Richard
0: no it, it, it perfectly makes sense and the um, only reason
1: why I'm asking that
0: is because I had another friend of mine last last week he was on and he says you know a lot of people out there shit on the VA loan but he says he knows a lot of people that have bought a, a fourplex with a VA loan and they, they're living at one side making money off the other three the, the other three places. And they're actually making money because they're using it as a business and not just as a place to live.
1: Right now. um, So those are those types of strategies are like the the beginning of the beginning of the beginning. Like I skipped that phase, went right over it. A lot of fourplex numbers don't work. Um, That's pretty common knowledge in real estate investing. Not that they all don't work. It's just a lot of fourplexes. numbers do not work and um, it could be a minimum wage. Well, I'm not going to say that. I'm just saying it's a very, 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 very slow process to build wealth that way. Can you make money from a mortgage? Yes, you totally can. I have a friend and Richard's friend as well, Chris Griffith. Um, He's really good at positioning that in your mind to where you can make money with mortgages. It's just whenever you're an active investor like me and you're consistently out there doing deals, you really don't have time for a mortgage. You know, these are distressed sellers. Um, so to bring up rental properties, that is the number one thing to hedge against inflation, right? Because inflation rises. What comes with it? The rents. The yeah. rents rise, too. It's literally the number one way to combat inflation. Because you guys, whenever you have money sitting in your bank account... You're just losing buying power every single day. You've got to put it in a vehicle. And the tax write-offs that come along with that, Richard, whenever somebody is structured correctly, as a W-2 employee, you're only entitled to roughly 15, 15 plus or minus types of write-offs available to you per year. Now, a business owner, you just open up the door to 300 plus or minus. Real estate investor, even more. All right. So um, that's why business ownership is the key to financial freedom and it just happens to be that real estate investing is the number one vehicle to get to that financial freedom the quickest possible next to being a music artist actor and actress
0: and you know and i love that you know also a lot of people don't realize that you know even mcdonald's is the number one real estate owner in the world because nobody if you own a mcdonald's you don't own the property you just own the 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 building McDonald's actually owns the land, so if they're owning land and they're the biggest landowners in the world, we should be doing the same. And like Robert and Sharon from Rich Dad said, you know, they're not making any more land, so That's get right. what you can get. But now, you know, like we're talking today's Monday, I think it's what like May first or something. Uh, the 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 market's really really volatile at, at this at this moment, so. What are your plans in the next you know, 30 to 60 days with the market being so volatile? volatile what are your thoughts on, on the real estate market now?
1: So the real estate market is not as volatile as people think. It was. It was a little scary a few years back. I mean, heck. But at the same time, Richard, it doesn't matter what market you're in. You can make money in real estate. Now, whether or not it's a little harder or not is a different story. Because if there was any investor in anybody's life a year ago, whenever we were about, let's say a, a year into COVID, if anybody tells you that they're killing it more than ever, that's that's a lie. Or they just did zero de- deals the year before and then picked up one during that time. Like, I, I mean, I don't know any friends that I have that killed it more than ever right after that first year in COVID. Now. That whole dry, the the only reason that was happening right there is the government was leading everybody to believe that they are their savior. But lo and behold, here comes the banks after a few years pass. You know, they're giving some people some leniency, but so much they're just giving, they were giving people enough rope to hang themselves, to create bad habits, to be like, oh, I don't have to pay this mortgage. And then it all came crashing down on them. So our foreclosure list here has increased by 76% since this time last year. Um, so that gives us the ability to help a lot of people. I mean, we've done four deals this month. Um, if you look at my lead generation over the past eight years, we're we're just off the charts right now. Um, so I'm confident in the real estate market, I could do a fix and flip right now. You just need to prepare yourself for a shift in the market. Like these folks a few years ago, they didn't really prepare, well, last year, let's say, they didn't really prepare for a shift in the market, right? So then they they went from this crazy hot market to now where there's a little bit more days on market and we're changing over to a buyer's market. So that means that, well, the buyer can be more picky in what they choose. Um, they can negotiate more. And so you've seen a lot of agents pulling down their listings, especially in Austin, Texas, because they're used to that listing just flying off the shelf. And now it's sitting for thirty days, and they're like, "Oh, oh, we something's wrong here. We got to pull this thing down." Or they start doing a bunch of price changes when really all of those agents, all they had to do was just let it let it sit there. The days on market, right? You always got to look at the days on market, and the, the, it's just you have to shift with the market. Now there's artificial variables that can happen in real estate. Back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Do you think that that would have happened if it wasn't for for some genius coming up with these subprime loans? It would have never have happened. Who did that? People, right? What about right now? What is going on right now that I find interesting is that people with good credit are being punished and have to pay a higher interest rate for a home versus the individuals that have a little bit of lower credit score, they get some leniency. That is encouraging bad behavior. Is that smart? No, nope. absolutely not. So those are little things that you have to watch out for. But if you're picking up, a, let's say a fix and flip right now at 70% of what it's worth minus the repairs, that's a common formula, you're safe, all right? As, as long as everything is, all the numbers are good to go. Or like, you know what you're doing. If you pick this property up 70% after repair value minus repairs, that would be a good common knowledge formula for everybody here to know that they're safe. Um, But we we like to pick up property 60, 50, 40, 30% of ARV. Sometimes I have people give me their house subject to existing financing because I'm their better option versus the next 10 years of their life getting wrecked credit wise.
0: All right. So now, you know, you've been in, you've been in the game long enough and like i believe that people should really study analytics they should study history because you know as soon as like i have a, my my brother was looking to buy a house in new jersey and he got outbid by like six times by over 200,000 over asking
1: that's was, not happening I mean, right it now. was
0: it was stupid what people were doing uh, but now like you said you know now we're getting back to the correction and everything has a correction if you study your history. But I think a lot of people don't really pay attention to history or their analytics until they get shot in the foot until they got to look at their analytics. But now let me ask you a question because you've been in the game so long, let's go back to the first deal you've ever did. Uh, If you could, what have you learned from day one till now that you wish
1: you would have known back then? And you don't have to go into that, specifics but that, it's not, that it's not as scary as you think. Real estate is very intimidating for a lot of people and especially that first deal. All right. And so once the floodgates open, whenever you guys start doing deals, it's going to be the easiest money that you ever made with a lot of gra- uh, gratification, right? Whenever you get those thank yous from distressed sellers and whatnot. So it's definitely become the easiest money I've ever made. However... The first few deals, just getting your foot into the door, that's scary. And knowing what I know now, I should have not been that had that that much anxiety, had you know that much stress. Like I didn't need to, I didn't need to go about it that way. It was just simply scary. You don't need to. It's not as scary as you think, folks. The numbers never lie.
0: And I, that's something I definitely agree with. The market never lies but sometimes you, know, you might have to kiss a kiss a few frogs before you kiss the princess. So I'm, I'm sure you, you have to, when you're first starting out, you have to look at a lot of properties and not just pick up the first property that you see, right?
1: Yeah. So I got forced into my first deal. So talking about real estate investing coming into my life the exact time that I needed it. The first family that I was preventing foreclosure for was my own parents, three months into learning real estate investing. So My mom was like, oh, we got to call one of those We Buy Houses signs because they moved to Indiana, rented out the home that we lived in growing up, bought a new home after they were done with Indiana, rented out the home, like I said, where we grew up. It was trashed. They they didn't have the ability to pay two mortgages. The guy stopped paying. We evicted him. And I had a conversation with my dad. I don't know about y'all's dad, but my dad doesn't like to admit things. Um, he's, He's just like that. And so I had to really have a serious conversation with him. How much equity you have? This, 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 and this. But my best advice for him was, hey, take take some money out of your 401k, rent proof this house, which just simply means LVP flooring, get rid of the carpet, you know, make this easy turnaround for the next person. And he's like, no, I just we just need this out of my life because he had a giant brain aneurysm. I don't know what's going on in the Dodge family right now, but he almost died. And I'm like, okay, let me run the numbers on a fix and flip. To this day, Richard that those are tight numbers. Like I did what I had to do to help my parents. It was insane. And so um, one thing that kind of saved me in that scenario was that I did enroll some, some family members for help. We took care of the outside of the property for free. And then the inside we paid a general contractor that gave us a slight discount as well. Um, but we came out with $30,000 in profit on that first deal. And what does a good son do? I could have just kept the money. I helped my parents. I saved their credit. They wouldn't have the disabled van that they have today for handicapped people if it wasn't for me preventing that foreclosure. But what does a good son do? A good son puts new Mickey Thompson tires on his truck and then gives the rest to mom and dad. So I got the first deal out of the way and it was a nightmare, Richard. It was bad. Like, I, I there is not a fix and flip that can intimidate me moving forward. So I'm thankful for getting pushed into my first deal. It was very scary. Um, but after that, it just became easy.
0: All right, so let then, me uh, ask you a question. You know, Sergeant Joe Snuffy, you know, father of three, veteran, 20 year military man, just getting out of the military, wants to get involved in, in real estate, doesn't have a whole lot of money. How does somebody like that start out?
1: Okay, so you got to learn from experts. All right, this is what's called the rabbit hole, folks. This is where your scarcity mindset controls you. And and if nobody knows about scarcity mindset, I know Richard knows this book, uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And he talks about scarcity mindset, and that's like something huge that everybody needs to read. So your mind is consistently in the scarcity mindset. Richard, what was I talking about?
0: We're, to, we're, we're talking about if Joe Snuffy wants to start it. Okay, got it, real got it.
1: So the rabbit hole, this is what you want to avoid. Books, podcasts, forums, and YouTube. So you have YouTube, right? These individuals are not vetted. You're gonna find out that real estate investing is one of the most fake it to make it industries. It's disgusting. Everybody's an influencer, but they don't have the HUD statements to back it up. So here's YouTube. You have Joe Schmo over here telling you one thing, and then you have Joe Schmo over here in this video telling you another thing, and it's conflicting information leading you down a rabbit hole of research and not doing deals. All right, that creates fear whenever you don't have the support. Let's talk about books. So whenever it comes to books, you could pick up a book in Texas about lease options 12 years ago. You go out there and you try to implement that strategy today, You might as well just walk yourself down to jail. So information needs to be current, like new laws in Oklahoma about wholesaling, new laws in Chicago about wholesaling, um, those sorts of things. And let's talk about forums. I've never seen so many ignorant people in one place, right? You have real estate agents that have maybe listed two properties in their entire life talking to you as if they're an expert. It's disgusting. And and those are the people that I'm protecting, Richard. I'm making sure that people don't spend the next 10 years of their life trying to do this on their own whenever they can have a direct path. And that direct path, folks, has to be individuals that lead by example. These are, look, if somebody's trying to talk real estate to you and they haven't done more real estate than you, it should go in one ear and directly out the other. That's like me taking financial advice from my parents. It's just not a good idea, right? So always make sure that if you want to verify that somebody's done deals, folks, you look at what's called a HUD statement. That's H-U-D, a HUD statement. That's how you would verify if somebody's done a real estate transaction or not. And if they, they hold up a check that says, hey, there's $100,000 on this deal, you don't know if the private money had come out of there yet, right? You don't know if that's the actual profit of the deal, so don't get sucked in to the promises out there. If you see these little mini courses on Facebook, the people pitching their stuff, last one that I seen is you're gonna do your first 12 deals in your first 12 months with my team. That is a promise and that's illegal. You cannot promise somebody that, right? All right, I promise you the world. Like I can't, I can't promise somebody that. And so the fake it to make it, you have to stay away from, you need to get with individuals that lead by example, um, and Richard, do you want me to lead them down the road to where they can link up with me?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, I just want to say, I don't know a lot about real estate. So if I have questions, I reach out to you. I reach out to Keith, Keith McGeever. I mean, from the battle buddy podcast, I re- I reach out to Chris Griffith. You know, I reach out to people that know more than I do because you guys already put in the 10,000 hours. And I think
1: that's where I reach out to Chris. I reach out to Chris every once in a while. Why? Because I don't really deal with mortgage. So sometimes I ask Chris Griffith really stupid questions because I, I haven't really dabbled in that class or that block of instruction that we provide. I never really had to deal with it at that level. But I had a stupid question about a VA loan. And Chris got right back to me and I'm like, bro, I'm sorry. Sometimes my brain just. That's the beauty of a network, right, brother? That's yep. what it and is. Like
0: I said, if you, if guys, if you have any questions about any VA loans, go to vetted VA. Chris Chris Griffith, a great brother of mine. Um, but like I said, if I got questions, my, my, my brother Keith helped me sell my mom's house. So if I didn't have Keith giving me advice, I wouldn't be able to do the right thing. If I don't have you to be able to reach out and say, bro, I'm struggling with this. Please help me. And I think that's a big part of being a veteran is sometimes you're afraid to reach out and ask for help. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, for sure.
0: For All sure. All right, so now, tell for me. the
1: people that are wanting for the people that are wanting to learn how to be a real estate investor, how to transact. One of my biggest things, brother, is for people to stay away from free. Right? I even if it's not getting started with me, I will tell them to go here, here and here that has nothing to do with me, but it's a paid source. So they can put themselves around those individuals that invested in themselves.
0: And I love that, you know, like my friend Russell Brunson talks about um, people that pay, pay attention. So if people ain't paying, they're not going to do stuff for free because they're getting it for free. So tell us a little bit about Sentext R-E-I-G behind you. What is that all about?
1: So really, nobody ever has to brand themselves in real estate investing. Since, uh, Since I'm more in the mentoring space, that stands for Central Texas Real Estate Investors Group. Now, I work with folks in all 50 states, but we just happen to be very young in business whenever we fired up this entity, and we keep that as our local entity, right? We do have another entity that we're unfolding here soon. That's gonna be more of a national brand um, because sometimes people are like, what's Centery? I'm like, I know. Central Texas Real Estate Investors Group. And so that's just the the name that we use to round up the soldiers here in Central Texas to get to our trainings, to grow our real estate ecosystem and to change lives. And also every once in a while, you know, I have to tell the sellers, hey, what's my company? And then I'll be like Centex, R-E-I-G, Inc., And you can go ahead and look me up. Everything that you're going to see about me is mainly going to be in the mentoring space. But having something over years like that Facebook page that just shows simple stuff, I don't even do, look at my following on there. It's like 1,500 people. It's only there as like a journal, right? People can go back to it. They can reference it. They can see kind things that are said. They can see properties that are being done. There's really no need to have a brand in real estate. You, you're selling yourself. You are the solution, not, not Central Texas Real Estate Investors Group. So there's that not so important in real estate, but that's my S corporation that owns LLCs. And then you have a trust that owns the S corp and all that good stuff. Make sure everything's locked up tight. You, you know your, your generational wealth can't just slip out right underneath you over one person that's disgruntled.
0: All right. So now, like I said, this is not only a, a, a veteran podcast, this is a vetpreneur podcast. Podcast. So what would be your top three pieces of business information that somebody could start using today to start getting uh, better at investing, but also as becoming a vet, vetpreneur?
1: Yeah. So number one thing, think and grow (laughs) rich. The scarcity mindset has to be handled. I'm telling you, that is step one, ground zero. Take care of your scarcity mindset. I know so many vetpreneurs that are like little crybabies whenever they find out something costs money. That is ridiculous. Those folks will not see success until they change what's going on up here. Okay. All right. Number two, is to be coachable. You took care of your scarcity mindset. Now, whenever you're getting into an industry that you're exploring, you're fired. You just fired yourself. You're a private. You just you just got busted down to private, right? You learned to follow before you could lead. That's how it is whenever you're working with me and the individuals that I work with across the nation, just stand in line. Follow the leader. That's it. The problem is, folks, is that the definition of leader these days is a little misconstrued right? because a lot of people leave out that one part that says lead by example, which means that I outshot my soldiers. I outran my soldiers. I mean, they'd come back from PT just throwing up and I'd be like, I did my job. <laughs> right? And that's the same thing that you got to find in real estate, folks. You got you to find somebody out there just just making it happen. And don't worry about anybody else. Latch on to somebody that's making it happen. All right, so be coachable. And then the third one, oh, let's see here. It would obviously be take action, right? So invest, what's the first one? Invest in between your two ears right here. And that doesn't just mean scarcity mindset. Like I'm talking learning real estate investing. You should be doing that. And that was the second one I laid out?
0: You were talking about, well, you, the last one, I, the last one I think is the most important one is taking action because I know people that have 800 books that they've taken, 40 courses that they've taken, and they've never taken one action step. You know, they're just like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the next book by Ed Milad or the next book by Gary Vaynerchuk. But they don't take action. So I think the most important thing is, like, when we have our Thursday meetings, I see everybody that Thursday afternoon taking action on what we talked about. So I think, you know, the best thing you said that the whole thing was you got to take action, you know, because action without, you know, knowledge without action is worthless.
1: Right. I agree. Taking action is it's insanely important. And that's what what causes people not to take action. That's lack of knowledge. That's lack of support. That's lack of money. Right. Those things create fear, which prevents you from taking action. That's why the rabbit hole holds people back. It creates fear and keeps people from taking action. Whenever you have the right knowledge and the right network. For example, hey Richard, Richard is an expert real estate investor. He's the best out there. And you developed a relationship with him. Maybe you bought into some paid education with Richard. And then you you've got Richard's time, right? You're like, hey, Richard, what do you think about this? And Richard's gonna be like, no, what are you thinking? This is why. Or he's gonna be like, I love this part. I love doing this. Hey, what are you thinking? Come on, girl get that thing under contract. Let's go. Shoot first, aim later. And that is what it is in real estate, folks. Shoot first, aim later. You always have an option period you can get out of that contract, right? Put the property under contract first, figure out the rest later, right? Now, don't get yourself into a contract that you can't get out of because then you have a problem. Yeah. So, last question
0: is, how do we find you How do we support your mission? How do we become mentored by you if we need mentorship?
1: Right. Okay, so go to realestateisthebest.com and there's no www. (laughs) All right, so go to realestateisthebest.com and then click on introduction and book an introduction. Now, those specific introductions aren't with me only because I do mine on different days. So you could reach out to me, but the same individual in my life that has changed my life the most, I consider him my business daddy, Scott Rowe, you will get on an introduction with him just like I did after reading some stupid Craigslist ad and uh, we'll go from there. That's an information gathering session. There is no, oh wait, there's more with our group. There is no, hey, whenever the webinar's done, break out your credit cards. It's an information gathering session. So you guys should definitely go to it. You're gonna learn some real estate and uh, you can at least formulate a plan from there.
0: Okay. And Ryan, I love it. So last question, and I know I don't normally ask this, but because we're, we've been friends for so long. Um, what is your opinion on the Warrior Council and especially
1: Marshall? So Marshall is an incredible person, right? I mean, I, you guys, I have a special talent. And there's a lot of people that will vouch for me. I know when somebody's good. I know when somebody's bad. I know when somebody's full of crap. And I know when they're being real. Marshall is a good person. Marshall is a performer. Marshall is somebody that you want to be around. How about that? And then the warrior council is full of individuals like that just as well. And they're individuals that often think with a different side of their brain, right? Everybody is different. So whenever I get with Andy in the council, who's an attorney, he certainly thinks from the other side of his brain. Or I get with one of our analytical guys, right? That are just um, Nathan's analytical, isn't he? Yep, Clark yeah. is in
0: it. Clark is, it, is is one of those people too.
1: So you guys, those people are complete opposite of me. But I get so much value from them because they think literally with the different side of the brain. And that's whenever I'm telling you, it only takes one sentence come out of one of these guys' mouths that change your business and your life forever. I've been doing these morning meetings in real estate investing for the past eight years, Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. I keep showing up to those meetings because I know that it takes one sentence to change everything. I love That's it,
0: the and, and I love the Warrior Council. And thank, thank you guys for letting us be the official podcast of the Warrior Council. So, guys, yes, if you're you a veteran, if you're a veteran and you want to be an entrepreneur, go to Facebook. Type in Vetpreneur Tribe. You're not going to be. You got sixteen and a half thousand veterans that are entrepreneurs. There's somebody bound to be in your space. Become and a part of the group. Yep. And become a part of the group. And like they always say, even, you know, Lane, Jason, Lane, and even when uh, Stephen was part, of, was owning the group, give more than you take. And, and, and you're going to be great because then you got 16,000 people all on the same mission as you are to change the world through business. So definitely, uh, Brian, brother, thank you so much, man.
1: Thank you. I appreciate I like
0: it. The, I like the bald head, by the way. I think it looks good. You look like a cool Lex, Lut- Lex Luthor, so I like it. Well,
1: I don't like it. So, <laughs> And everybody hears this. I, I listen to this one more thing about the Warrior Council. All of you are good enough for it. Do not ever think that anybody is that any better than you, because I'm Hot Mess Express. You can ask any of the council members, but they don't give up on me right? They don't give up. We don't give up on each other. So all of you are good enough to be in the warrior council. Thank you, Richard. God bless you, sir. And I so appreciate you for being able to allow me to hop on here.
0: I love it. All right, guys. So remember uh, vertical momentum, the only way to go is butt up and I will catch you guys tomorrow. Have an amazing week. Ryan, brother, I'll see you Thursday. I can't wait to hang out and, and talk about what we talked about today.
1: Absolutely. Talk to you guys later. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.